Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And I'm Chet. And Pearl. Hello, I'm Pearl. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome it's back, Pearly girl. It's been a while since we've seen you. <laughs> yeah. And we have an exciting show here. We are going to be talking about so many love. Uh, we're going to be talking about solar boating, food, <laughs> yeah. you name it. Can you introduce yourselves? Hi there. I'm Heather Cragen, and this is my husband, Robin. How's it going? <laughs> definitely some folks with a little bit of a passion with travel. And we also have Nash in studio too. I don't yeah. know if I don't uh, know if you get yeah, see, yeah, let's get Nash up there. There you go. There's Nash. He's a golden retriever for the listeners <laughs> who can't see. Husband. Yeah. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, he's yeah. cute. He's cute. <laughs> he kind of matches my dress for anyone who's watching. <laughs> He'd love to be on the show. He has lots of opinions. <laughs> Goldens really are the best dogs. They're so loving and they just love on everybody. Yeah. So Pearl, tell, fa- give family a little synopsis dog. about what the show is about. Okay, wow. We're right on spot. Okay, so we are going to, you know, I love this show because we cover all kinds of topics. Uh, you know, we were talking with how she's like, give give a quick synopsis about the show. I'm like, that's <laughs> not quick. <laughs> yeah, we might go anywhere. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We love the grounding of, of course, sustainability, but it's in all areas of life, from business to your lifestyle to your mindset. It's 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 underneath there. So we've talked, we've covered everything about love, as you know, for all of our our steady listeners and we've talked everything about love to music to laughter joy business wine. we're gonna be wine, wine. of course <laughs> how did i forget wine relationships wine. relationships Pets. today yeah. we're talking about travel and boats i'm really excited about that unnecessarily so but very excited about that <laughs> so exciting so exciting well chet you grew up boating uh and you have never been on a solar boat before yeah, my, our grandparents had a boat when we were little kids, but um, yeah, and it's really a very fun experience for sure. So, but you did the sailing thing, you did the uh, every kind of boating, and I thought you sometimes were behind the wheel. No, I mean, yeah, when I was like a little kid, not recently. Okay, not, not recent. That's true. It hasn't yeah. been recent. So tell us how you guys met. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, Let's uh, talk about the uh, boating aspect from landlocked Arizona. <laughs> That's understandable why there's not a, a big introduction here. But uh, Robin and I met. You should be about yep, this. Right so, here. So, so you sound better. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Robin and I met in the Caribbean uh, How? about How'd you 26 mean? years ago running. So he was a bear boat captain and I was, well, I became a boat chef. <laughs> okay. But it was definitely just having fun and something to do in your 20s just to escape and just hang out in the Caribbean and meet some wonderful people and learn about what I'd like to do in life. So you can cook. And did, did you ever feed him? Um, she, I actually <laughs> hired Heather as a chef a long time before she really acquired her cooking skills. So she's a good, <laughs> as you'll find out, she's a good talker. And she talked herself into this job. <laughs> told me what a great chef she was. Um, I think she was really talking about what a great chef she was going to become. <laughs> but um, we started working together. We did a couple of charters, and then uh, we did some traveling. And uh, along the way, I was able to introduce her to the owner of a beautiful 72-foot yacht, Endless Summer 2. And that began Heather's career in, in being a chef uh, because she explained to the owner of the boat that she was far from being a, a yacht chef. 
was a beautiful boat and she was fine as far as being the first mate. And his opinion was, well, I really want to have you as my chef, so I'll teach you. And uh, over the course, I was traveling in Australia for that winter. I was into yacht racing at the time. Um, went to Australia to do the Sydney to Hobart race, came back from that, and Heather had transformed into a full-blown charter chef. Wow. And they were doing charters all, all around the islands, the British Virgin Islands. And uh, all of a sudden, from not being sh exactly sure how to do scrambled eggs and bacon, she was doing <laughs> three meals a day for 11 guests, including crew, and, uh, and laughing and joking along the way. So... It seemed it like she, she found something that was her natural passion. Wow. And, and, and somehow a book came out of all this? Yeah. A cookbook um, or something? Gosh, I guess it was the, a year that? or two later? Yeah. I mean, as you um, expanded on she expanded on her um, chefing skills by going to Cordon Bleu okay. and the Culin Culin Culinary oh, so Institute of oh. America. So, yeah. you know, really bringing in her skills. And from there, she was inspired to, you know, the boat, the recipes that we um, had as the menu on the yacht, guests kept on asking us for recipes as they were leaving. Mm. It sprung up the idea about doing a cookbook. Okay. So wow. we spent one summer driving around Europe in a camper van writing a cookbook. Wow. That's, what an exciting life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so where did it lead to dating and getting married? And how long uh, did that? That kind of just happened along the way. Um, I mean, we were having fun. We were enjoying what we were doing. I think it became very obvious to the two of us that, um, you know, there was a future for us together. And um, But was it love at first sight? Were you dating from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, we were dating and working together. And, um, <laughs> and then we began traveling. And it was, it was on travels to Africa that we got engaged. Wow. Yeah, I definitely like to say if uh, any single women are looking for a wonderful place to go, the British Virgin Islands is great. Um, I think I was single for 24 hours <laughs> when I was there, so. and I and I lived there for almost seven years, so it wasn't wasn't bad odds, but uh, definitely it was it was a, a great opportunity to meet Robin, and then um, because at the time I was homeless because you can. You can live like that in the islands. You can just travel. Um, well, 25 years ago, you can just live easily without a place. And well, how uh, did it, how did you decide I'm moving to the Virgin Islands? How did so that happen? I went to university in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and mm -hmm. when I was graduating, my roommates, aunt and uncle, were going down on a learn to sail course, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh. We're coming with you because she had the coolest aunt and uncle ever. And uh, my roommate was from Long Island and she was like, is there going to be somewhere for my hair dryer? <laughs> I was like, do not worry about it. We're going to have an awesome time down here. And ultimately, by the end of that week, uh, I had found my first boyfriend in the island. So and that, that was... That was not Robin. Oh, it was not Robin. Oh, it was not Robin. Not Robin. But it was another guy with a British accent, which apparently I'm kind of partial to. <laughs> okay, so then how did that, how did it transpire from that boyfriend to Robin? So then... Uh, we're really I, getting into it. Maybe we should have had that bottle of wine. Yeah, normally this is like a couple of glasses in here. But. Well, fortunately, I worked for Marriott at the time, and uh, they had a position at the uh, Frenchman's Reef right there in St. Thomas, and I got that job. So I 
got got the opportunity to have a contract down there for six months, and the old boyfriend would sail over from the BBI, and we had a great experience just sailing around the islands. Went all over up to Florida with him for a couple of years and then came back and we were going to do racing charters. Okay. And that was... Nash is wonderful. trying to get on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, I am so determined to talk. I have things to say. <laughs> oh my God, he loves you. Yeah, yeah. He, He's like, let me meet Puka. I, I'm so glad you're used to it. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> to this he, this amount to, of attention he, from he, these guys. He, oh, yeah, He's like, are the best. they definitely have a lot of love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every lick he's saying, let me meet Puka. <laughs> so back to your story. No, no. So that that was uh, the first couple of years sailing around. And then, as Robin said, we uh, we met up, um, gosh, two years after I was there. You'd been there three or four years as a yacht captain. And just for Pearl's sake, she's like, OK, now, wait a minute. What is a yacht charter? And just to make sure that we all understand it, it's basically a rental boat. You know, much much like a rental car, you can have bare boats or you can have a crude yacht experience where if you don't know how to sail, then you can go down there and you can rent a boat and then you rent a chef and captain and they'll sail you around. So you don't have to have your hands on, but you also can get involved and be a part of the sailing. But that's smarter to do it. That's safer because especially if you're going to. It's a great way to have a great vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I know we're now going to be purchasing a new boat. Tell us about that. Yeah, and so this is the part I'm excited well, about. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's, <laughs> yes. there's so been 25 weird. years between then. So, um, uh, what we realized when we got married and uh, we were working on the boat and talking about raising a family and was that that's not something you can pull off when you're working on a yacht. So, that was where we had the idea. Why? That, Why? Well, it's kind of inconvenient having... Toddlers screaming, running around when you have guests on a boat for a luxury, luxury experience. <laughs> it does um, break down the luxury. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's a little different. It's definitely, you know, that's a lifestyle for, for single people, yeah. um, you know, because it's 24-7 when you're with the guests. You have that responsibility to the guests, to the crew, to the boat. Um, so it's pretty hard to handle anything else other than your entire focus on the guests when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But we loved that business, and we loved hearing from people that this is one of the best vacation experiences we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so our thought was like, how do we stay in this mm-hmm. business? How do we keep that connection alive, or are we just going to move to the States and get a regular job? And the idea that we came up with was to replicate that experience in a ski chalet. So This is brilliant. Listen to this. I yeah. love this. <laughs> I think so. Should we take the collar off? So we uh, we had identified that um, we you know we had a love of Colorado, and um, we found Steamboat Springs way up in the mountains in Northwest Colorado, and we we put it together a family investment plan. We got a lot of people jumped in behind us, and we put it together to go and buy uh, a six bedroom home, which 25 years ago is not the same story as it would be now. <laughs> but um, to to basically create a new concept, a catered ski chalet, full service, just like the experience that we offered on the boat, mm. where you would come and stay in the house and we would do everything for you. Heather is the chef, myself, and then ultimately another person working with us in the house, doing the housekeeping and picking the guests up from the airport and organizing everything for them so that they could just focus on being on, a, on, a, on vacation. Fun. I want to go skiing. Sure, I'll take you over there. Where do we go for dinner? Well, we can cook you dinner here. That was part of our package. 
or we can take you out to one of the nice restaurants in town. So we would, literally, we would try and anticipate every move for the guests so that all they had to do was say, okay, let's, let's go, and uh, we could make it happen for them. And I imagine that was quite lucrative because when people want that experience, they're willing to pay an arm and a leg for that. Yeah, it's all about it service. Really, it wasn't really our model, though. Uh, I mean, we weren't. Mm-hmm. It, quite often, people would say that, like, oh, that, that must be super expensive. Mm-hmm. But as, as we would say, our model, we were in Steamboat Springs. We weren't in Aspen. We mm-hmm. weren't in Vail. We weren't at the high end of the market. We were much more oriented to people coming and wanting to have just an easy, relaxed vacation. Steamboat's a very... Um, mm-hmm agricultural based community it's okay. it's not it, it's it's not the same um caliber or i shouldn't say that it, it has excellent restaurants <laughs> it's <laughs> but just it's a different feel it's a different feel exactly from some of the other towns so it was what made made sense is that you can just relax in these stunning amazingly beautiful homes right. and just go for a ski hit the hot tub and come down to dinner in your robe and just chill out and relax and put the kids down. If you have kids with you, they, they're safe, they're there, and then you can have a great, they're fed, and then you guys can have a great meal at 7.30. So what's a good really example of like, what would that cost for a week or so for a family? In today's terms? In today's terms, so I mean, like Heather, it's, Heather might've made it sound like it wasn't that of an expensive of an experience. <laughs> Definitely, you're paying for the service and you're paying for the experience That's that we offer. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way that I mean, the business the business has grown from just that one house to uh, Nash is kind of taking over the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the YouTube presentation, Nash and Kinga are having a dance up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, continue. Um, the way the business has definitely evolved is what we realized is that people do love to rent the nicer homes with us. Mm-hmm. And that service really took that experience to the next level. So we are working with the nicest homes in the market. Um, and that is that is truly the luxury sector. Um, it is It came along right at the time that people started renting homes as a, as a way of experiencing a ski vacation. So now we have that term, Airbnb. I think we were in business mm-hmm. at least 10 years before Airbnb was even on the map. Interesting. So it was back in the day of where renting a home was kind of an unusual thing to do. Now it's become pretty mainstream. And with that, um, I think our business evolved into the space of saying, well, we can offer that experience of consistency, like we provide the same linens on the bed, very much like when you stay in a Marriott, you get that Marriott bed experience. Mm -hmm. Every bed in every one of the 250 homes we now manage in four ski resorts has the same bedding, the same toiletries, the same welcome book, the same um, experience for the guest. So we've created that um, professional lodging experience in multiple locations, in multiple homes. Even though, even, even though those homes are not built by us, they're individually owned, um, they are second homes, family homes, vacation homes for families that are from all over the world. Um, they chose to have a home in Colorado. We provide them with a way of having that home professionally managed and cared for year-round. And then we take care of the guests that come and stay in the home and make sure that they have everything that they need. So you can see how we started with one home and the business Brilliant. kind of evolved in a number of different ways. And that King, is so King smart. Kinga was asking this week mm-hmm. and she's like, how do you make sure that the that the people are safe? Yeah, how do you the, people get the people that are there with your crew are going to be safe? And I was like, wow, something we just never really 
Well, safety, coming. I think, has become a huge part of our business. Mm. I mean, it's something mm. that okay. um, as the business yeah. has become more professionalized, people have come to realize that you make a lot of assumptions when you go and stay somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that the fire alarm works, that the smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, that whatever safety that we assume we get with a hotel, while I'm staying in a professionally managed home, I'm going to get the same things. So for us, I think we have a huge focus on that. And we've worked with national safety experts who've come and inspected our homes and shown us that you actually have to pay attention even to the the brand and the type of smoke detector you have in a home because not all of them are as good as each other. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's one of the things that I think our guests um, get when they stay with Moving Mountains in one of our homes is that safe, professionally managed experience. Sad to say that that's not always true with what you might find on Airbnb. Well, I don't think most people would be thinking about that. I, I know for me, I, I certainly go. wouldn't be yeah. thinking about it. And it's not because I don't care or safety. It's yeah. just I'm not. You said something very key, professional, right? right? So you're professionals in this industry. So that's a different mindset of mm-hmm. how you're thinking and making certain that your homes are laid out, whereas Airbnb, most people aren't professionals when they're doing Airbnb, so they're just not thinking the way a professional would be thinking about That's their the space. tricky That's part point. about where right. our mm-hmm. industry is right now. I think that people make a lot of assumptions about the pretty mm-hmm. pictures they see mm-hmm. and the fact that the Airbnb platform offers that Amazon-level experience, shopping experience. You can book a home, you can literally just click and buy, and then you're staying in the home and you're thinking, oh, this is great. Everything is great until everything isn't great. So, well, I mean, let's say you rent an Airbnb. How do you know that there's not like cameras in the bathroom? That's Very one good. of the biggest. You know what I'm saying? That's how do you one know? of the mm-hmm. biggest concerns that people mm-hmm. have expressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is one of the things that's difficult in our industry is explaining that that's not us. That's not that we have standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written into our owner contracts that that's absolutely not possible. No recording, no cameras, no surveillance of guests inside the house. Um, but yeah, I think it's a big concern. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy more, uh, doing the yacht or the ski chalets? Good question. No, yeah. the two well, opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, I mean, it, as I said, the be- in the beginning, I think um, I've never lived further from the ocean, so I could tell you, I've got a passion for sailing, and I and I still love to do that. But um, uh, as far as like what a what. A, what do we miss about it? Well, the answer is that we still love sailing. We want to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have really, really enjoyed being in the business where, I mean, vacation time is like one of the most special times that we all have in our lives. Mm-hmm. And to, for us to be part of people saying, this is one of the best vacations that we've ever had. We've had a great experience. We've made memories. And we've, they, people choose to come back and stay with us again. It's you know, what we realized is, and especially in listening to some of our guests talking about what they do for a living, is that there are many jobs where you don't get that kind of validation about what it is that you do for a living. I, I love that. So meaning you, uh, get, you're rewarded by hearing it's about the joy. It's gratification mm-hmm. for the joy. us. The joy. Right. Yeah, the, joy. the memories mm-hmm. that people create. What are the best times in your lives? Aren't they probably tied to some time you spent with family or friends, special moments, memories, celebrations, we get to be part of that. And what I love is you are actually, I mean, if it's your passion and you enjoy being on the water, you we enjoy, love it. then you're, you're having fun as you're working. 
You are. And I mean, on the water, you're getting to make memories as well. So I'm going to transition this because I'm still very curious about the boat that you're building <laughs> yes. and all of these properties. Yes, so they, I'm going they, back they, to the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go back to the boat because they because it's sustainable because it's solar. I know Chet was trying to um, discuss with me earlier that really boating is not sustainable. And I'm like, yes, it is. Well, it is if you're doing a solar boat. So that's why it's a really important distinction to talk about. Oh, okay. Right. And maybe right. earlier mm-hmm. on, I didn't say that. So we are talking about sus- sustainable boating being solar. They are leaving to France soon mm-hmm. uh, to go. They have a boat being built right now that's solar. So tell us about right. that. Sure. So the evolution of our business to uh, back to yachting was that we uh, decided to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary by going to the Annapolis Boat Show. And uh, you might have heard that expression like never demo anything without a credit card in your pocket. But (laughs) we made the mistake of stepping on this beautiful 65-foot catamaran and realizing that um, maybe there's a great opportunity here. How we we saw how well our business is doing, how many clients um, stay with us over and over. And we thought about the complexities of booking a yacht vacation um, and realized that maybe we can bring something to this. Maybe we can help more, encourage more people to have that experience. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we should explore that. We developed a business plan and we decided to go for it and build, actually build a 65-foot catamaran and bring our business full circle around to the point of origin, back to the British Virgin Islands from where we came 20, 25, now 27 years Love ago. It. But also your kids are older where you're able to Our do kids that are grown and, yeah. and just about out of the 18 house. 18 and 21. Yeah, 18 and 21. So um, we have a little bit more freedom to travel. And, um, you know, we like a challenge. And definitely this has been a lot of new things for us. We know sailing. Like our team looked at us and said, what do you mean a sailboat? What do we know about sailing? And we have to remind them that this is where the world that we came from. And... Um, and then, you know, as we looked at that, we do have many sustainable themes in our existing business, um, but we saw that opportunity to build something that is even within, you know, sailing is using the power of the wind to sail. So it's already in harmony with nature. But um, what's interesting about it is with all the systems that you have on these boats, a lot of them sit there, even though they're sailboats, and they run their generator 24 hours a day. So one of the opportunities we saw was what about if you could harness all that natural sunlight that's beating down on the boat all day long? And the wind. And, and then yeah. take wind power and other forms of renewable energy that are right there in front of you and harness that, put that into a battery bank so that you're not just running a diesel engine to charge the batteries to run the air conditioning all the time. So we have um, renewable, en- renewable energy sources, a large lithium power bank um, of batteries. And we have a system an integral system that will charge the batteries from every single motor anytime anything is on. So if you're running the engine to drive the boat, you're charging the batteries. If you're running the generator, you're charging the battery. If you're just sitting out in the ocean, you're getting solar power and you're recharging the batteries so that you can keep all the systems of the boat running, but you can minimize the amount of energy that you're using. That's awesome. So if anybody's listening and they want to uh, do a vacation on that boat, what is the capacity, and when are Good you going to start uh, yeah. sailing? Yeah, we take delivery of the boat in June. Um, she's going to be called Endless Summer 3, so continuing... Endless Summer? Three. 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 Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The boat we ran 26 years ago was Endless Summer 2. We're continuing the legacy of the Endless Summer boats. And it's, it's 65. It's 65 foot. Um, Endless Summer 3 
IIII, Endless Summer, IIII.com is the website, soon to be live. Um, and you'll also be able to see information about that on our website, movingmountains.com. How many bedrooms are yeah, in it? Five cabins. Five cabins, ten okay. guests. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. enough for ten people? Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep, ten yeah. people. Okay. And then it'll have two or three crew, depending on the, the group that takes the boat, and then everything included. So it'll have a fully stocked bar. It'll be all your meals. It's your choice. And you'll if be you, cooking. I will not be. No, oh, no. But what is really exciting is we're looking forward to in September. We're going to, well, we're just in the hiring process now for the yacht. And then in September, we're going to all come together and get the, the boat all outfitted out so that we're ready for the October Annapolis Boat Show. So it's going to be the, uh, the, the main main highlight, at least to us, of the boat mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we look forward to, you know, after 25 years, a lot of our past guests from Endless Summer coming that live on the East Coast. We're looking forward to a couple of nice party nights with those guys to hang out, show them what, what so happens you become friends years. with your... Like, yeah, exactly. this is a relationship business. Uh -huh. We've become friends with the homeowners that we work with. We have a lot of great connections with the guests that have stayed with us over the years. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, as, as we said, you know, we've become part of each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And what's so exciting for us, and we've gone through this 25-year journey, is remembering that some of the people that came with us with their little kids when we first started, their kids are coming back with their families 25 years on. You know, we're at the point of seeing people that we met when they were five, six years old in their 30s now. With their partners, it. it's like we're in that circle of life together. So we've become that I place. love that, yeah. circle of life together. Yeah. Well, because some people don't get it. They're like, you know, some people are just in sales and they're just in sales, but some people are more like how we are, yeah. how just become friends with everybody. about sailboats or like yeah. selling things? <laughs> <laughs> Which good, one? Yeah, good, good point. Have a sale. Well, and... Honestly, a couple of years ago, we, going we did SAIL thing. <laughs> but if you if you make connections and you um, make friends with everybody, then you know it's just gonna it's always gonna make it more uh, just more productive. I mean, just uh, in the future. productive and memorable. I mean, mm -hmm. to us, what's what we love about the way that we used to run the boats that we worked on is we felt a part of their vacation. Like we were always thinking, what can we do to make this better? What's what's something mm -hmm. I could show them? Oh, I really think that they'd enjoy to go for this hike or, oh, they really need to see this one special place. So we're, well, I we're not- I you were talking about making memories, but it's personalized making memories. Personalized, so. exactly, mm -hmm. what yeah. they want. That's what you, you were always challenging yourself. As you get to know the guests yourselves. and listen to what is it you want to do this week while yeah. you're here. Um, you might hear, well, we want to do something that, you know, really away from the crowd or what's a unique snorkeling place that we, you know, that we could go to somewhere that, you know, and that's when we would take the boat around, make a special effort to get to a place that's maybe harder to get to where the corals a little more wild and free range. And, you know, you're looking for those unique experiences so that people feel like the vacation was tailored to them. Mm -hmm. Will well, the food be completely uh, organic and healthy? And it, does the guest make the uh, menu of what they want? Do they? Do you ask questions about that, or do you d just decide? And if why are you not cooking? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's definitely very exciting to see the the quality of chefs that are out there now. Mm -hmm. Little little bit 
beyond what my little grass, grassroots learning of uh, <laughs> yacht chefing is was back in the day. But definitely, I mean, that's that's one of the key things. You have a dedicated chef there working for you. So if you're a vegan and you only eat red meat, they make it happen. They they basically just ask you, what are your favorites? What are your dislikes? And what are your allergies or, or limitations, special dietary And then they concerns. just surprise you. And then they, that's- Because I'm big on food. The, like I'm a total foodie. And so that would be really key way. for me. Yeah, it, to me, the best thing is I don't have to think about it. Right. I just tell you That's what I exactly like, and then I don't have to think about it. I already told them, "Don't do this," and everything else. Like, surprise me. Let's see what's going to be on the menu tonight. But and, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. Some people come into these experiences saying, <laughs> "I want this. I want this," and and you know what they experience is as they get to know the chef. And as the chef gets to know the rest of the group and realize it's not just the guy who booked the trip that we're trying to make happy, then I think you know the menu tends to change. It mm -hmm. depends from one group to the other. But the beauty is nothing has to be standardized, right? Nothing, you can tailor it to the guests. Do you ever do like a catch of the day where you catch a fish and then grill it on the Great boat? Great question. Yeah. That'd be really cool, yeah. That was definitely a possibility. Much more so, we would have um, the channel where in the British Virgin Islands, there's about 50 islands that make up a, a channel. So it's it's an ideal cruising grounds because the waves basically don't get higher than two to five feet in the uh, channel. It's really, mm, really low and easy, smooth. so it's yeah, smooth. Yeah. Yep, and, you, and it's eyesight navigation. Oh, let's go over there today. And you're never out of sight of land and it's easy, but there's not as many fish left in oh, the channel. Yeah. So there are guys that go out, there are local fishermen that will go out and then that's what we always like yeah, to do I'll is tell you connect that with them. As, we connected one time yeah. with a group that had just brought in a fresh oh, swordfish. Sword oh, wow. Like they were cutting it up it. <laughs> at, you know, um, on the deck of the boat. Yeah, and I mean to be other just as we went by pick up you know ten steaks that night. That's oh, so cool. Yes. I swear that's some of the best yeah. swordfish I've oh, ever yeah. had in my life. Yeah. Fresh mm -hmm. is the best. Wow, yeah. there I is a difference. Though. Fresh frozen and fresh, there is a difference. Yeah, oh, a huge difference. <laughs> huge. Yeah. So what about um, safety wise? On you know like if does it get stormy there where Ooh, there's a huge swells? Well, you're definitely subject to the weather, but then that uh -huh. would be where the crew comes into it. I mean, and that's uh -huh. maybe part of what keeps it exciting and challenging for the crew is uh -huh. you're going back to safety. You're trying to think about the safety of the boat and the guests, and you're watching the weather, and you make your plans accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful thing that for 10 months of the year, really the weather's incredibly consistent there. Uh -huh. um, it's kind of the opposite. Which is what? It's the opposite situation of what we moved to in uh, in Colorado, where we pray every day for snow. You know, <laughs> it's the snow that makes the ski business flourish. They're having a great ski season this year, but um, you know you can't control the weather. Yeah. So when it doesn't snow, then you got to help your guests figure out something else. We've taken people horseback riding in January. You know that when the when the snow dies down and the skiing isn't that great, and people say, well, what else is there to do then? then you find other things. Like hiking. Hiking, snowshoeing, um, just getting in the backcountry. I mean, enjoy the outdoors. You have so much to experience there. I love it, I love it. Yeah. So will you guys be on this boat? Uh, because you said you're not gonna be cooking. Nope. You know, I could say we're driving the ship, but our hands are not on the wheel. You know, okay. we're, we're hiring the crew, we're helping them to manage it, but um, I, you know, our role has evolved into helping others create those experiences for the guest. 
So I think so you'll be there, but you're not. We, getting... have, we have a team. We have a crew that'll mm-hmm. be on the boat. We're helping the crew get aligned with our philosophy, making sure they understand there's a way that you can deliver these experiences, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not necessarily going to be like everybody else. That's something that I think we learned along the way is we have a less formal, like less stuffy form of luxury, mm-hmm. more approachable, teaching your staff to listen to the guests, see what it is that they want to do, don't create a formula, but you know, really kind of tailor those experiences to what is it people want to do. Some people are celebrating their time together. Other people come and this guy wants to do this thing. This person wants to go over here. This, These guys want to go scuba diving. These yeah. people want to go snorkeling. So you're the magician that, you know, the crew of the magicians that make it happen. The chef is the one that keeps everybody fed throughout the week and and Keeps. takes awesome snorkel trips. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you find this crew? I mean, you guys are now looking for crew. How do yeah. you find them? First of all, second of all, is this are they on salary? Are you paying them yep. per hour? Or they're on salary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're part yeah. of it. It's like a year-round deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just like us, it's maybe I'll of, disappear for a year. Goodbye. It's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> they're out there. I can promise you, there are these amazing, <laughs> amazing, fun, interesting people that are. That's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lifestyle job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a second career for some folks yeah. that we've interviewed. And then there's also, you know, the 25-year-old people that have just decided this is what they want. They've yes, done their university, you. and they want to take some time and travel and explore. And they're they're just incredible networkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going back to the British Islands. British Virgin oh, Islands, okay. yep. Pearl, you want to go? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> is that where the swimming pigs are? Or is that another oh. area? You know, I, I actually just heard... That's, um, I, I think don't that's know the Turks and Caicos. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 I know it's somewhere in the Caribbean, but yeah. I was going to say, do you ever pull up there to get some bacon? I think the pigs would swim away. Wait, are, are there really swimming pigs? Oh, yeah. No, it, yeah. it's in like two different islands in the Caribbean. Stop it. Really? Are they serious? Really? Yeah. yeah. But I, I thought think... they're going to the Virgin Islands. Um, yeah, which is lo- in the, the Caribbean. Yeah, the Turks and Caicos are a little bit north of us. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh-huh. then I think it might also be in Bermuda, too. I think there's an island in Bermuda that also has swimming pigs. But <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Okay, so know. what are your favorite yeah. islands? Name some of your top five islands that are your favorite in the Virgin Islands. Well, so the main island, the central island where everybody lives is Tortola. But um, <laughs> Joost van Dijk um, yeah, is, is just a fun, very kind of Caribbean, you know, easygoing kind of place to visit. Oh, Nash. Kinga and Nash are having another moment. Nash is taking over the show again. (laughs) All right, you can have Puka. And (laughs) there are also swimming pigs in the Bahamas, too. Let's look it up. They're they're in a few different spots. (laughs) Fellow pig enthusiasts. But I would just want to eat them, so I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so so back to your favorite islands. Favorite islands. um, I love Anagata. That's way up to the north. Say it slowly. Anna? Anagata. Anagata. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Anagata is a coral atoll. It's about 20 miles um, to the to out there, kind of to the north. So you sail out past uh, Richard Branson's Necker Island, his private island, and head on out there, and you'll see, you know, the white sands, and it's a beautiful place to go eat lobster on the beach. Ooh, so I like nice. it. Yeah. So, so we don't Talk dock at Richard Branson's place. I got to meet him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a little he's, video he's with him. He's often there. Yeah, he's often there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I never saw him wave as we sailed by, but you know. <laughs> I didn't take that personally. No, there's some beautiful. The the amazing thing about the British Virgin Islands are they're still relatively mm-hmm. untouched. 
mm-hmm. which is the the That's right surprising. mindset to go into when mm-hmm. you're going there. It's still pretty laid back. They they did get decimated in 2017 in Hurricane Irma, mm-hmm. horrendous. Um, Devastation. Yeah, it looked like a war zone on yeah, the island. Yeah, it was that. really, but they have come back stronger than ever. And that was one question I was going to ask: Do you yeah. store the boat somewhere during hurricane season, or that's you just a great question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be that would give me it's, so much anxiety. Yeah, yeah. four yeah. months not, of not the, the year. Come. Four <laughs> months of the year, it gets a little sketchy down there. So the choices are: you literally take the boat out of the water and put it in the boatyard, mm-hmm. and tie it down, and and wait and see what happens. Or um, you sail south. You go down south of a certain latitude where hurricanes are extremely rare. I think it's down to the like the Grenadines, mm-hmm. and you can be there for the winter. And you can be in the yard there, or you can do some charters down there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that, does that season start in like August or? Uh, typically, you'd go like end of July. Okay. Yeah. August, September, yeah. October. August, September, October. Exactly. So if you're looking August. to book a trip, do it sometime before then. <laughs> yeah. No, after. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, prime, prime time is basically Thanksgiving through okay. the end of April, May. Yeah, okay. those are those are the prime good steady winds. Everything's beautiful down there at that time. If you go in the summer, you're rolling the dice. Get okay. your travel. So then, insurance. are you only going to have your boat during the prime time? Is it just prime time? Yeah, or will you go down? Where we're thinking yeah. it will go down island. We think that that's a good strategy. And I mean, we would like uh-huh. to sail down island too. So uh-huh. I think that yeah. will be fun. So when you have a cruise, so let's say I book it for, you know, my kids and I think Pearl I just heard her say uh-huh. she was going to book it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say we book it. Um, let's say we want we want to only go for, what's, what's an ideal amount of time? Like a week. A minimum. A yeah. week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A so week is great. A week. How much is that going to cost? Uh, charters run between sixty-five and seventy-five thousand for the week for mm-hmm. ten people, fully mm-hmm. inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with three crew, it's a beautiful boat. Mm-hmm. That's all of your meals and every one of the amazing experiences you're going to have. So for one week, yeah, for it, 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 up to ten, yep, it's going to be about sixty-five thousand dollars. Yep. Okay, and that includes all your food. And what about alcohol? Same. Yeah. Now, how, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if you have uh, somebody on the boat that is, you know, should should stop drinking? What do you do with your crew? Because what if you don't want them to fall off the boat? Yeah, that's definitely one of the safety aspects that the crew takes on. Yeah, and, and so. much more. It's it's interesting as we're mm-hmm. interviewing our our crews now. It's very black and white. That you know, if somebody if mm-hmm. there's a guest awake on the boat, then a crew member is is up and mm-hmm. and is looking and making sure that everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. If they everybody goes to sleep, sure, somebody could get up, but we're all grown adults too. You know, like at that point, like mm-hmm. you can't you can't take care of everything, but they definitely they they you don't get the chance to take the dinghy to go to shore yourself. You have to have a crew member take you to shore. The good news so. though is that if you do fall off, at least their boat can turn around. Because I don't know if you saw that video of that guy that jumped off of the cruise ship oh a few months ago. Yeah. Oh but he gosh. just uh, was I didn't pronounced see what lost. A guy oh, was like seriously? drunk and got dared to jump off, and he jumped off. But cruise ships take miles to turn around. Turn around. Yeah. They weren't able to turn slow. around and get him, yeah. and he just lost it. What? Yeah. yeah. They can't turn around. And no. Get him. No, because no. it's too big. But they yeah. can't. Yeah. They can't just time. stop the boat. I mean, it, they they'll go back. It's a life. No, they'll go back, but it could take hours. Yeah, they yeah. never found him. Oh, they yeah. tried. It could, to find it could him. take you more than an hour to turn stop the boat, and turn it around, and come back to the same place. Oh my goodness! So well, you've got to, you got to, yeah, you got exactly. Yeah. So they send other rescue boats, but the yeah. cruise ship itself doesn't is not able to stop in time. 
Yeah. So best um, not to jump. Yeah, <laughs> stay on the boat. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's a wild video to watch. Yeah, really, I hadn't heard that one. Well, um, I had a friend that actually was scheduled to be on this show, and then um, uh, he had a house that I'm not even going to say what lake. These people that are listening might know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but he um, had multiple homes, and one of his homes. He had, you know, a boat, and he went from one friend's house to another friend's house by himself because he'd ro- recently broken up with his girlfriend, had too much to drink, and he ended up drowning. Oh, yeah. So I went yeah. to his funeral. Yeah. So that's why it's like sensitive and it's on my mind. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely mm-hmm. drinking and driving, even a boat, not a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> so back to the yeah. boat. Yeah. I still didn't really hear the answer. You won't be driving the boat. She won't be chefing the boat. But well, will you be on the boat? No. Oh, we intend to be. To, mm-hmm. We intend to go and experience it with our family and our friends to enjoy right. the boat, um, but we will not be part of the guest experience. Okay. So we are managing this from behind, just as the homes that we manage. They already answered that they're not part of this crew. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I, I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought they were going to be on it. No, they've answered you know, that. But they're not times. working. Hey. No, no, no. I thought they were going to act like no. yes, but no, no. no. no okay. No. So basically, you so guys are just going to extension of their business, just like yep. all their homes. Now they exactly. have yeah. now they have the water homes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's just another opportunity to have unparalleled service. And who that's does the interviewing for the for your staff? We're yeah. we're interviewing yeah. them right now together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, doing the video calls, but then we'll actually do the training with them, just mm-hmm. because it's just something that we're really passionate about. Is mm-hmm. you may be a yacht captain, you may be an amazing chef, but that doesn't mean that you know how to give good service. Mm-hmm. And that's really something that's just not out there. You have to mm-hmm. you have to kind of be introduced. And the way that we plan to train our crew is we will mm-hmm. go back on the boat and take them as guests. Uh-huh. So one of our first mates is going to come down and sail with us. And then we'll take the crew that we select will be our guests. And then we're going to show them what does it feel like if we're cold and indifferent? What does it feel like if we're, we're very familiar and comfortable with them? What does it feel like? So that because most of the time we never experienced what it was like to be a guest mm-hmm. on a charter yacht until 25 years after we did it as a job. Well, so, so it's, you know it's how, great like, to experience. It. Obviously not in the bedrooms or the bathrooms, no cameras. But right. what about having cameras where your crew is so you can see? No, it's kind of like find my iPhone for your kids. It's Mm -hmm. probably just best, you know, like, yes, do I love to know? Oh, the kids are coming. Yeah, they're on their way. But do I want a video and watch them all the time? No, because it's probably, (laughs) you know, at that point, to me, it's a bit of a trust factor. And Mm -hmm. also, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to say I would have done that differently. You know, I saw this interaction with a guest and I really don't think you handled it well. Mm hmm. I'd rather them come and talk to me and say, hey, I had an interaction. It didn't feel good. What would you have done? Mm-hmm. And then hear their perspective and talk about it that way. But no, this this is one time that it it probably will make my heart break, too. Like it, like that they're having all this these great times down there. And, and I don't want to be I, I want to be in the moment wherever I'm living. Right. Not, OK, not so there. So what's on the bucket list? You guys have this new boat, this new adventure. You're hiring the crew. You're going to have you know, you're going to be making money as you're not on the boat what's on your bucket list what's the next um well you know the interesting thing about the way uh that we've grown the business over the last 25 years is just realizing that there could be other experiences so the sailing is something that we're exploring the model and i would say if it goes well then we could be doing more of that Mm -hmm. um we've also been talking about um 
uh, luxury villas by the beach. So having a, a beaches component to what we do. So you go from mm. ski vacations to luxury beach vacations to sailing vacations. That's kind of the universe we're walking in right now. I love it. And then for us personally, I mean, we just love to travel. So we're off to Paris next week. And then I after that, to Bordeaux. Bordeaux, to Bordeaux, where they're building the boat. So, mm -hmm. you know, there could be worse things than building a yacht in Bordeaux, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think we talked about this before the show, uh, how you both are 24-7 together. You guys get along so well. Mm -hmm. What's the secret to that for people out there that are, you know, looking think, for that? I think you said it well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think the secret for us is um, two people that really um, see the world the same way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're out there to have experiences and adventures. We do a lot of fun things together. Um, we've sailed together. We bike together, ski, snowboard. Um, play a lot of pickleball. Playing a lot of <laughs> playing a lot of pickleball here in uh, Phoenix. That's definitely the latest passion, and super exciting that our son has also gotten into that too. You know, he's never found a sport that, um, you know, sustained him in school. Pickleball wasn't a thing back then. Uh -huh. And now he's putting in, you know, five, six, seven hours a day sometimes playing with friends and meeting a whole group of real, you know, real cross section of different people. I love it. It's amazing how that sport has just cut through the society and kind of brings different people to come play together. Yeah, that's definitely, pickleball is an interesting concept to me. <laughs> it's got its own culture. <laughs> I haven't yes. played it yet. We yeah, went to, we went to the, the, have you played it? the professionals. Yeah. Yes. You had? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were, you were, no, I won't try it because I'm not. I, I, I thought you said the tennis, <laughs> I thought you said pickleball is for the lazier person. No, it's just a smaller version of tennis. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you never yeah. seen the court? It looks like a mini tennis court. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it's like it's a lot easier than tennis. It's a lot easier. Like That's returning a serve in tennis is much harder. Yeah. So. Okay. Pickleball okay. reminds me of like tennis and ping pong had a baby. And it's a more it accessible <laughs> skill level. That's yeah. right. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely all about the skill. Well, I love it. So, Chad, are you yeah. going to want to go to the Virgin Islands and get on one of these? Yeah, boats? it sounds like an awesome experience. Yeah. Let's go. I won't say no. I heard lobster. That was a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and an important question. It's a solar boat, which is sustainable. But how, I mean, how long have these been out there? How did you guys figure out yeah. to find uh, it? We've Bardell? been really, um, so I think a lot of that came from our experience of going and chartering a yacht down there, a sailboat. And for us, you know, it's all, always been about using the power of the wind to move the boat. What we didn't enjoy about that experience was listening to the sound of the generator 24-7. So we went back to the boat mm. manufacturer when we were in this decision about this is the boat we want to build. It's like, how can we build something more sustainable? And how can we tap into solar panels? How can we uh, tap into energy-efficient solutions? So we actually chose different decking for the boat. Um, teak is not now sustainable. So mm. wow. um, uh, the supply of teak, I mean, oh. it's just... It's from one specific region of the world. The supply mm. is getting harder. It's not sustainably grown. So people are, you know, the boat manufacturer came and said, well, we can offer you this choice of uh, another kind of wood sustainably sourced out of Brazil. Um, and then our um, agent came to us and said, actually, we found that cork, sustainably grown cork, um, is a better solution because it transmits less heat to the boat. If you have less heat, then you have less cooling to do, so you're saving energy. So even some of the materials mm -hmm. you put into the boat can help the boat be more energy efficient. 
And then this whole idea about having a large battery bank was about being able to potentially run a large number of the boat systems using battery power when we're not running the generator so that we can have fewer hours with generated time. So it's the whole sustainability angle. How can we use renewable energy to minimize other you know, carbon-based um, energy sources? Yeah, actually, one of the crews that we interviewed, that was their, their thesis that they're working on right now, is actually doing a carbon footprint of the boat that she's working really? on. So mm, how interesting. To anticipate what could they do to be, become carbon neutral. Yeah, I was wow. going to ask about how carbon, how close to carbon neutral would be with all yeah. of the things that you put Apparently into Apparently there's a study that's going to be out soon. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to get you guys back on and have yeah. her with you guys. <laughs> also, question with, with food. Are you sourcing food from wherever you guys are locally to make it more sustainable? Yeah. And I wish. Organic? <laughs> that, that is a challenge because it's yeah. the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of food does come down from the U.S. Um, I mean, you rely mm-hmm. on the supplies coming into the islands, but... I think, you know, encouraging the crew to provide healthy options. So, you know, you're out in the outdoors. Um, that helps you have a good appetite. You're enjoying nature. And I think, you know, that was very much a theme of Heather's style of cooking is, um, you know, healthy choices. Okay, next question. Uh, this $65,000 boat, uh, you know, extravaganza for 10 days. Or is it for, seven for days? A week. For a yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, does that also include your flight to get there? No. 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 Okay. Mm-mm. So, all right. No. I was like, so, I feel like I know the answer. Yeah, so, yeah. That one, so yeah, basically, no. uh-uh. if, if, if you if you take ten people, it's what? How much a person? It's sixty five hundred a person. You can't divide things by ten. Come on. <laughs> hey, you, you gave birth. To Wait, me. hold on. I thought, no, I thought it was sixty five thousand. Yeah, divided yeah, by ten. By that's sixty five hundred. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He went to college. That's good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like second grade math. So that's alarming. I want to defend you, but I, I, I can't. <laughs> hey, hey, she's thinking on the fly here. Mm-hmm. It was a great question. <laughs> so while, while these boat um, excursions are going on, are you guys going to be in Arizona, Colorado? Where do you guys see yourself next? You know, that's a good question. We have a home in uh, Costa Rica. We have a home in Colorado, and and we have enjoyed spending our time here in Phoenix. So I think mm-hmm. because our daughter's here. And, and who, she's now a firefighter. Firefighter paramedic in the Phoenix Fire Department. So, and yeah. doing real estate. Yeah, and that's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, we have lots of options. And something that came from the pandemic was just realizing that you can work from anywhere. So. I, I think our choice is to travel and, um, and and work from where we need to work from. Okay, I've never been to Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, we only have a few, like, we have, like, four minutes left. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can you guys give me, um, like, mm. why is Costa Rica so amazing? Uh, that one I can definitely touch on. I mean, there's there's an endless list of why Costa Rica is amazing. A lot of green sustainability initiatives that are happening down there. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Okay. It really is. It's it's a it it is a pretty brilliant name, name one or two of them. Um. Well, the rainforest. I was going to say uh, they're they're working really hard to reforest the rainforest there in Costa Rica as one thing that I. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible so, number of nature preserves where they're mm-hmm. preserving nature because. The power of development down there could really overturn that country, mm-hmm. but they've locked up areas of the country that cannot be developed and turned into, you know, tourist resorts, that kind of thing. So there's still something to go and experience in nature there. You can go to places like Manuel Antonio, the national park, um, where we have our home in Tamarindo is right next to a huge um, reserve area that you can go by boat and see all the 
crocodiles, birds, mm. wildlife. I mean, monkeys running around. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, I love that. There, yeah. there are so many different things to see from the south of the country. Manuel Antonio, as, yeah. as Robin was saying, I mean, miles, miles of beaches mm. that you would never see anybody on, and just pristine, golden beaches. And is it safe? And it's very safe. It's yeah, very it safe. is. I okay. mean, you if you go looking for trouble, you can find it, right. <laughs> and trouble will find you. But <laughs> um, the the basics are, you know, if if you get up early and go surfing or walk the beaches. Have a fun day outside and you're back home by nine, you're probably not gonna see too many problems. And and wonderful people. What about really being out and about eating out restaurants and all that? Exactly. Is that wonderful yeah. restaurants. Yeah. So oh, that's actually one of the highlights for us to go there and enjoy. Mm. Um, the what kids kind of you know, it? you take your kids and and then you're arguing about whether you wanna go for sushi or or, you know, you even really have to look for the Costa Rican style menu. Right. It's a lot of very American or world uh, flavors. Not, yeah, world flavors. I would say world flavors, yeah. Argentinian steakhouses yeah. are all over, Italian. There, It's a very eclectic group of people mm. that live there, which is what we love. You you hear it's French. It's a lot of great seafood. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then yeah. that would be your classic, like a, a classic Tico meal is rice and beans, and then with a, a ceviche. Fente. Yeah, Ooh, ceviche. I love ceviche. Yeah. I love ceviche. And a fresh fish. So if you're not uh, in Costa Rica, do you rent this place out? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you do. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that's we're, we're just... in the vacation rental industry. Okay. Yeah. That's their thing. And we're just about to uh, to do a remodel there on that house, and it's going to be where. We wanted to put our, our apartment up pretty high. So we looked at this wide open spance, about 40 feet by 18 feet. And they were like, yeah, you can just build it up on stilts. It'll be good. And we looked at that and we're like, that's the size of a pickleball court. <laughs> so we will have uh, indoor pickleball court. In Stop this it. House. You guys are obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> You're obsessed. <laughs> yeah. So it's, gonna, it's going to be a hot place to visit. But what I love is you guys are, laugh together and you're on yep. the same page. You work together, you play together, you laugh together and, we and travel. And, travel. Yes. and yep. you know, I I think what you said really, you know, it's, it's it's ingrained now in my mind that you guys really like all the same things. Yeah. So that's what's so important. Travel, food, well, it wasn't fun. So much, well, okay, what I heard, I'll say this, is that they had a similar mindset. It wasn't so much that like yeah. they had mm-hmm. things, but they had yeah. a mindset of how they wanted to do life together. Yes, um, exactly. And don't kid yourself exactly. that we're the same people. We yeah, that's why, that's why I wanted oh, to no. clarify that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you guys have never had a fight. We only have a minute left. You guys have never had a fight. <laughs> well. <laughs> so we're here heated saving the planet one, one show, show at a time, time. <laughs> spreading love wonderful How, so what, what's your website again movingmountains.com okay bye